for people who use the keto diet as a specific weight loss tactic, it works great for men. But for women, when you restrict in carbohydrate, it actually triggers more fat storage and endocrine disruption in the female body. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. Super exciting today because we- Super excited. Super exciting. <laughs> we have a guest today that we think is, first of all, long overdue this topic. Yes. And- um, We had to find the right one. I know she <laughs> is amazing, but what we're going to be discussing today um, in the podcast is specifically for the ladies. So actually, you know what? That's good because to- that's the majority of our listeners. No. <laughs> but you know what? Get your husband to listen to this too, because you know what? Yeah, we're sick go. of him with his, are you being dramatic questions? Mm-hmm. Listen, this podcast is for everyone because the facts are that fitness is in health and nutrition is different based on your gender. That's just facts. I think that one of the things that I just, we, I just recently read this, which I just thought this was like amazing, is that the women's national soccer team has been, obviously they're the athletes of the year, Time Magazine. Um, they have had extreme success. And one thing that has come out about them recently is they have followed a program that has been based on their hormonal changes, their training, their nutrition. They've been checking in with coaches with what time of the month it is for them and have their training based around that and we can't argue their success this year (laughs) let's go finally (laughs) so I think that finally people are sort of and I I said this to Kelsey too like people are finally getting on board with this regardless of how we got here we finally have a discussion open about women being a little bit unique in their nutrition and fitness needs based around their hormones so we have the expert on this, which is Dr. Beth Westy. She is the author of The Female Fat Solution and also The Female Metapause Solution. So welcome, Dr. Beth. Hi, guys. I am really excited to be here and chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on with us. We really appreciate it. Funny thing, when Beth called in today, <laughs> I just want to start with this. You're going to we say like, it, are you? Yeah, so we were like, so we, we brought her on the podcast and she and she kind of comes in and me and Rachel are talking. We're like, it's about fucking time we talk about this. Oh, hey, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> it was a harsh intro to, to our friendship. But... Kelsey and Rachel, but that's, that's real. <laughs> yes, that's, that's absolute truth. <laughs> So why don't we start by tell us about your background in the medical field and how you how it led you to an interest in women's health in particular. Okay, yeah. So I'm from Minnesota. I grew up here. I was an athlete growing up. I played volleyball in college and then went to chiropractic school. So I'm a chiropractor by training, but I'm also certified in acupuncture and Eastern medicine. And this is actually where I started diving into female health issues because I got certified and trained specifically for fertility and cycle issues for women, but mostly in Chinese medicine. So Chinese medicine and everything is very different. How Eastern medicine looks at the female body and physiology is completely different than Western medicine. And I got super into it, super excited, started applying all the stuff with patients in my office. Um, when I was in practice and started noticing amazing results. And then, you know, but in a, in a clinical situation, you can only see people once a week or once every two weeks, just depending on when they come in. So I started shifting how they eat throughout the month just to match with what the hormones should be doing and kind of went from there. So, um, so a lot of the stuff I talk about might sound 
weird or different or whatever, but it's because we're all so trained in this Western medicine mindset. Oh, my arm hurts. I take a pill for it type of thing versus, okay, why is there a dysfunction here? What can I do to correct it and work with my body naturally to help fix that? Girl, you're not going to sound weird here because we, <laughs> we align. So, I mean, obviously this is why we thought you were a perfect guest for our podcast, but we align so well. Uh, we are like ultimate believers in the chiropractic care and how important it is. And then also how, you know, we can start changing the dialogue around, you know, an ailment and saying, instead of treating, how about actually addressing the issue and working on prevention. Yeah. Yes. And that I, I, I love that you come at it from like, as a chiropractor, you see someone once a week or once a month or, you know, and, and you can only treat them so much within your session. And I think that's something that like, as coaches, and as someone who advises people on their health and nutrition, you only see them so often. And we really have to talk about the ownership of what we do on a daily basis, what are we putting into our bodies on a daily basis? And how much are those things going to change, rather than the treatment you're getting for one hour, once a week, that time you even spend in the gym, we talk to a lot of our listeners about you spend one hour in the gym, but what are you doing for those other 23 hours of the day? And how is that contributing to your health? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And it's so hard to get in the habit and create that lifestyle to get to and sustain your goals. So anytime you can align naturally with your system, it makes it so much easier. Oh, I love that. So the idea is that health and fitness are the same for both men and women have been unchanged in the health field for a long time, which is absolutely <laughs> it's sad. Madness. It's madness. It's madness. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when you even say it because it's like, okay, there are fundamental, it, like a two-year-old understands <laughs> the difference. And, but like we've approached this in a, a one size fits all way for so long. So can you speak a little bit about how the female body differs with regards to health and wellness specifically? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the things as I dive into this type of topic, a lot of women realize like, oh my God, I didn't even realize this is a thing. This is a brand new thought process for me that I would eat or exercise or work with my hormones. And then once women realize this, there's this little bit of like anger that comes out. Why haven't we been doing this the whole time? What's wrong with everyone, right? You feel like you're a little crazy about it. And the reality comes from it's just a long history of research being done on men, research compiled by men, right? And then data being put out there and explained by men, right? It's, if you look at the history of the past 150 years, 200 years in the science and medical fields, it's dominated by men. So of course, everything is, and, and let's be really specific, white men. And there, it is very, very specific. So a lot of the recommendations that are out there are built for the male body with no variation, no change for the female body. And it goes as far as even every single food product and everything in the U.S. is produced with a nutrition label on it, right? The nutrition label, everybody checks the label, right? Everybody's like, oh yeah, it's got this and this. And they just changed it recently with making sure they put added sugars on there. And okay, great. But that food label is actually created for a 44-year-old healthy male. So if that's not you... <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, it says this on the website. If you, you can Google this stuff. You can Google it. It says it on the website. It is right there for 44-year-old healthy male. So if that's not you, what are the parameters for you to go off of in terms of percentages of nutrients per day that you need? This is why it's so important that you work with and research and understand different types of nutrition to help you get to goals that you're trying to achieve. But I mean, the other thing that just freaking kills me is, have you ever seen like an aisle at the grocery store where it's all dudes just reading labels like, oh, how many calories are in this? Oh, what do we got here? Am I getting all my fiber today? I have never seen a man in a grocery store examining labels. Come on. Anyway. But that's, I mean, so this is where it all like kind of stems from, comes from the history of it is not set up for us to be successful, for women to be successful in terms of learning about even the basics of nutrition and our physiology too. I mean, we all had that one class in what, fifth grade where you learn about your body physiology. 
you know, oh, birds and the bees, oh, puberty, great. And then we we don't get any education beyond that, you know? Yeah. Aside from what we learn in TV shows or movies or commercials where, you know, women's bodies are made to be like punchlines to a joke versus actually giving us useful information. So this is where we women get really frustrated and, you know, don't realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I've been following recommendations. I haven't been doing anything, you know, bad, but it just hasn't been working or I haven't been feeling good or the things I've been doing have been messing my period or I'm really fatigued at this point in my cycle. Oh, what's wrong with me? And there's nothing wrong, right? There's nothing wrong with you. You just have a different body then. So yeah, does that answer your question? I kind of went on a little bit of a rant. No, no, I love, yeah, I, that's, that was so insightful. Like seriously, like PMS is like, is honestly the punchline to a joke mm-hmm. in the, in American society instead of like, a real conversation about what that means and how to balance out hormones that are very much out of control for mm-hmm. a lot of women. And it's like, oh no, that's just funny. You're crazy. Like, no, no, sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> I'm getting yes. fired out. I'm already fired up. I'm sorry. I'm yes, I love it. <laughs> you don't have a uterus. I, I don't know that we can have this conversation, sir. <laughs> No, I love that. And honestly, I didn't know that about the labels being based on a 44 year old healthy man. I mean, that is, of course, well, it is. I mean, that is what society is built on. It's a 44 year old white man. Aren't we all that? Aren't we all that? Yeah. Thank God. No. (laughs) That's all I have to say. But I know that so many of our ladies are so like what she said is so frustrated when they're saying like, why am I so fatigued? And I've done this to like myself. I have honestly been on my way to the gym and been like starting Shark Week and been like, I'm frustrated with myself because I'm so tired and I feel like I'm being stabbed a million times in the stomach and I'm going to throw up maybe. I'm not sure. And like, I will literally get there and like lay on a box and my like male training partners will be like, okay, come on. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want to kill you right now. <laughs> so if you have a death wish, <laughs> keep telling me to just like get up. <laughs> because, yeah, suck like, it up. I'm Rub like, some dirt on it. You're fine. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. Right? <laughs> so let's, with oh. that, like, let's talk a little bit about being a, a woman athlete. And we mm-hmm. refer to like anyone working on their fitness as being an athlete. So I'm not just like referring Mm -hmm. to like professional athletes or anything. Should our nutrition vary depending on hormonal shift? And what would that look like? Oh, yes, absolutely. That is, oh my gosh, one of the biggest, I want to call it a freedom that you'll start to get when you shift how you eat to match with your hormones. And it's going to help with your energy, your performance, your production, your muscle tissue growth, all of these things, your recovery time. It almost sounds like it's too good to be true, but literally you're just working with your body on a completely different level. And it allows you so much more freedom within those certain parameters of your hormonal cycle to really understand how your body's working and connect with it better. So uh, again, the frustrating thing for a lot of women is that, you know, we're, we're going to a gym. It's, you know, there's a lot of dudes there. There's a lot of, you know, male programs out there. There's a lot of that stuff that, again, it's not that it's bad. It's just not meant for the female body. And especially if you are a female that has any other additional issues, meaning autoimmune, inflammation, thyroid, PCOS, you know, if you have any endometriosis or something like that, if you've been on the pill or are on the pill, that's going to affect your performance. And when we don't realize these things and we just go into the gym and we're handed the same workout that somebody else is handed and we're expected to go through it, well, we wake up with a different body every week. Mm-hmm. And guys, they wake up with the same body. They oh, wake up, they're like, oh, I'm same as I was last week, same as I was this, <laughs> right? So it's so, so frustrating. And this is one of the things I talk to women about, especially with progress and weight loss. I'm going to take a little tangent for a minute. Mm-hmm. Is women are even told to weigh themselves incorrectly. You, a, a lot of women weigh themselves every single day. And you're like, oh my gosh, I gained weight yesterday to today. I'm like, really? Well, you could just need to poop and you're fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so different. But even weighing yourself week to week doesn't give you an accurate picture 
of where your progress is actually going because you have a different body every week of the month. So you essentially go through four different bodies every month. And if you weigh yourself on day 10 of your hormonal cycle, that's when your energy is the highest, your muscle repair is the highest, your metabolism is the highest, your digestive system is working really great. Like you feel awesome typically at that point, like real good. Estrogen is cranking and you're like, Ooh, here we go. I just did this workout and I killed it. Yes. I'm amazing. Getting to my fitness goals. And then a week and a half goes by. You weigh yourself again and you're comparing it to that other body. Well, at this point, your digestive system has slowed down. Your muscle repair has slowed down a crap ton. Your uterus is growing and you're, you have more blood volume. It just happens, right? Your, your uterus is literally twice the size at one point in the month as it is at another. That's a big difference. So you should weigh more, but women do this thing where they'll, they'll weigh themselves and they're like on day, you know, 25 or 26 of say a 28 day cycle. And they'll look at the scale and be like, Oh crap. I gained five pounds. What the heck am I doing wrong? I better get on the treadmill. I better cut my calories, all of that stuff. And you play this mind game with yourself of you're failing. You're not doing the right thing. You're, and then you start cutting back and restricting. When really you should weigh more at that point. And if you want to do an accurate weight, you would weigh yourself and compare it to day 10 of the previous month because you're comparing the same body then. That's really interesting. Yeah, we actually recommend to our athletes to toss out their scale and not weigh at all and use performance-based goals um, rather than be for exactly the reasons you said. Why are we weighing what organs weigh and what our blood volume is and what our gut contents are to measure our fitness? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. So we yes, want to yes. we want to know what our fitness level is and what our health level is, and we want to be essentially most people want to be losing fat, but you are weighing mm -hmm, factors, <laughs> right? We don't want to lose organs <laughs> to, to yeah. meet our goals, so we're weighing factors that don't actually align with what we're what our goals are, and so we actually recommend. Um, exactly for that reason for our athletes not to get on the scale because half the time it's more counterproductive than it is productive mm -hmm. and it can stray people off of their path of you know they were doing really well with their health and nutrition but the scale says that they didn't so now they're you know off the wagon and we'll start again on January 1st and it's actually far mm -hmm. more productive to just stay off mm -hmm. yes absolutely because women will lose inches first they're going to shift and change in your body composition. And that's a huge win, but that up and down, I mean, you can fluctuate five to even 10 or more pounds throughout the month. And that's totally normal and healthy for your body. Mm -hmm. and, and your fat, yeah. your and, fat but has it, not changed at yeah. all. <laughs> right. Your fat percentage is <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. I mean, <laughs> the same, exactly. It may even be going down, Yeah, but you, you're weighing yeah. your organs. So yeah. how would we know? <laughs> yeah. You're weighing your organs and now your organ is twice the size. So, yep, there you go. But you're so right. That's exactly what it is. We get this, this mind game and it just messes up where we think that we are going with our goals. And yeah, throwing out the scale is really the best. Absolutely. But for the, you know, there's some women who are like, Oh my God, I can't help it. Or if you go to the doctor or something, you have to step on the scale. Yikes. Just don't look. Yeah. Just don't look. <laughs> just don't look. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We to break up with it. It's a it's a messy breakup. Mm -hmm. It is. It is a yeah. It's a really tough breakup. How can we maximize things like energy and recovery to get the most out of our gym sessions um, based around hormones? Yeah. So when we are you know in that first part of the hormonal cycle, so day one through fourteen, day one is the first day that your period really onsets. That's the day of you know like full blood flow. Sometimes women feel good when they when their period starts because you have a big shift in hormone at that point, and that's actually the lowest hormone point of the month for about three days, three to four-ish days. So some women feel great. Other women, because essentially your one a major internal organ is completely remodeling from the inside out, it doesn't feel great. So it kind of depends on how you're feeling to how hard you can push yourself right during that point. After that, though, up to day 14, this is when estrogen is the highest, and that's where muscle building happens the, the easiest, the best, and where your body can be more focused on that. So if you're looking to gain more muscle, this is the time to push your weights. This is the time to push yourself. This is the time to really make sure you're pushing protein, your digestive system is working well, so you can absorb all those proteins to repair muscle tissue. 
you're going to notice the most gains at this point of the hormonal cycle. After you ovulate, you know, so day 15 through 28-ish, estrogen drops and then progesterone rises. And this is the point where your body's just focused on something different. You know, progesterone, it literally means progestation. So it's kind of preparing your body for a viable pregnancy, whether or not it's there. It's just, it's just getting ready. Even if you're like, yo, we're not having a baby this month again. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to prepare for it. Because uh. women, we, we just prepare. <laughs> we're well prepared. That's yeah, just... right. We're just ready for anything. <laughs> Comes in the DNA. <laughs> yes, yes, it's already built in just in case for survival of the human race, you know, all that good stuff. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome. I know you're not going to, it's really hard to think that when you're like a week before your period and you're like, I'm sucking at the gym today. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is a point where it's, it's harder to build more lean muscle. Your body's just not as focused on it. The best you can, you know, hope for is to not lose muscle. So many women don't realize that they're actually going through this pattern every month of, okay, I'm building a little bit of muscle tissue in this part of my cycle. And then because I'm pushing myself too hard in the progesterone phase, I'm actually causing too much stress. And then my body starts to break it down, break down that, that tissue, that protein for energy. And so you're not actually sustaining that muscle tissue that you work so hard to build. So this is for women who say you're, you have stress at work at life or whatever, and you're trying to get to the next level with your fitness. You're pushing yourself hard in the gym all month long and not taking into account that your hormones are different, that you feel like sometimes it's going really great and then sometimes you're really struggling. But overall, month to month, you're like, I'm not really making any progress. Oh, dang it. It's just that during that time, it's not that you can't lift weights or things like that. It's more of, okay, be conscious of how you're feeling, how your muscle tissue is recovering. You, if you do want to lift heavy, awesome. You might need a little more recovery time in between sets in between workouts, and then fueling differently, getting yourself even more protein, getting yourself even more things like hydration, electrolytes, all that stuff plays a huge role in how well your body can recover because it needs more nutrient at that time. You need to be eating more, more healthy fats, more protein at this point of your hormonal cycle. Because again, your, your body's making making more blood. You know, it's, it's preparing for something. So if you're not eating more at this point, this is where women get those crazy cravings, right? You're like, oh my God, I want to eat a bag of chips and a bag of M&M's. Peanut butter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> peanut butter. It's, it's so right? peanut butter for me. Like, and I know exactly <laughs> when that time is because I always say like, oh, I'm having hungry days. You know, Rachel knows I say that. I'm like, I'm having like these hungry days and I'm just like eating a massive amount and tend to be higher like in fats that I'm, than I'm typically like used to. And I'm like, if I know I'm craving peanut butter, I'm like, it's that time. Just get that peanut butter. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Cause your body needs it. Like that's the fun thing about cravings is that your body's telling you, yo, feed me. I need Mm -hmm. the food. So if you're not giving your body more, there's so many women that try to force their systems to, you know, be the same. You know, I'm not going to eat more calories. I'm not going to eat more fat. That's not part of my quote unquote plan that I got from my trainer or whoever, right? Then they feel really bad if they do because their body is like telling them to, right? That's like an innate thing. And and then they feel like they're ruining everything when really, yes, you, you do need more calorie. You do need more nutrients. So when you start just adding that in naturally, you don't get those crazy cravings and you feel better about staying on a plan that's actually built for your system and what your body needs at that time. Girl, yeah, but that's the, amen, that's the biggest girl. thing, you know. <laughs> I know there's so many feelings that go into this too. Well, one, one thing that we see obviously being in the health and fitness industry is there, the diet industry is pushed you know, mainly at women. And so when these new diets come out and a lot of them are restrictive of entire food groups. So, you know, I just want to talk about some of the more popular ones being pushed on women right now. So we have keto having a big time right now. And we also have paleo is still sort of hanging on as a thing. Macros are hanging on as a thing. But I think one of the most common for women is calorie counting. And so I just wanted to ask you things like keto, things like calorie counting, like 
when we talk about these one size fits all diets, can you speak to women about how these diets affect not only their hormones, but their ability to metabolize nutrients and how these things are working with their goals or not so much? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to open that can of worms, aren't we? Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, oh, oh. oh, and I know this is a controversial topic, right? So here's my disclaimer as we even jump in, because I know there's going to be comments. I know there's going to be backlash. I get messages all the freaking time on this where they're like, that's not true. This and this and this, this keto thing, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Disclaimer on specific diets, especially things like keto, which is very popular. Whew. Okay. The keto diet was originated for a very specific condition. It was an epileptic condition way back in the early 1900s. So if you have that condition, a specific shift in diet can be really helpful. For people who use the keto diet as a specific weight loss tactic, it works great for men. But for women, when you restrict in carbohydrate, it actually triggers more fat storage and endocrine disruption in the female body. All the studies that you're going to send me are going to be on the male body. So before anybody sends me a study or something that says, well, this and this, and look at this article and da, 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 go on the bottom, figure out where that info came from. Cause this is exactly what I do every time I get sent them as I say, oh, look, they did this study on seven men. So thanks, but no thanks. And they just said, this is for people. No, this is for men. They didn't study it on women. And so when we look at, so that's my, that's my, that's my, right. I, I know I, so many people are into keto. I'm like, so, so great that it worked for you, but there's different reasons that sometimes cleaning up your diet worked. Like, is it really keto or is it the fact that you just stopped going to McDonald's every day? Can we just get a slow clap on that? Yeah. Girl, can we, I, I gotta get a slow clap there because I can't even. Thank you so much. <laughs> all the time all the freaking time they're like oh look i have a plate of bacon that's what i'm eating today all day because it's keto and i'm like are you freaking kidding me how about <laughs> veggie man you are not gonna veggies, man. i don't know but that's i mean people think that this specific diet or that specific diet is like the end-all be-all and really just stop eating crap to begin with that's going to be more than half the battle that's going to be more than half the battle there. Once you're beyond that, then there's other nutrition tactics that you can add in that can actually be helpful then. Okay. So keto diet, specific things like that, when we're looking how it affects the female system. And again, there's a very, very small percentage of the population that it's actually helpful for long-term, short-term. What the keto diet is supposed to do is get the system into ketosis. Well, the female body is designed to store fat. Our bodies, head to toe, are fat-storing machines. So we really have to work harder to get to a fat-burning state. And our physiology and our anatomy is set up to store fat, right? We have boobs. There's sacks of fat hanging off of our chest, right? We have cellulite. That is literally our connective tissue is in a different pattern than men. Men don't have cellulite. They never will, no matter how big they get, because their connective tissue is in such a pattern that it doesn't allow extra little pockets for fat storage, right? So head to toe, the female body is designed to store fat. I know this is all like really good news for people. Like <laughs> anybody listening is like, God, so you're a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good news. Great. Well, my hopes are really high right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so when you're when you're looking at things like keto for restriction or trying to get your body into ketosis, the female body can get to ketosis for a shorter period of time and have it be beneficial. But anything that's too long actually ends up being a stressor on the female system, which will turn things over into heavy fat storage. So for those of you that have tried keto or gone on and off of it or tried to force yourself to do it for months and months at a time, a lot of women will experience this. They'll try it. They'll start it. Oh, I feel really good for like two weeks, maybe three weeks. And then all of a sudden they crash and crash hard. And it's because their system can't do it anymore. They can't live off of a restrictive diet. It's the same thing with the calories. 
restrictive calories. If you want to go off of a calorie diet, I mean, well, first I always say like 100 calories of gummy bears is very different than 100 calories of almonds. Like, oh, God, oh my someone God. else Not- is saying it too. Low <laughs> class again. There's like someone else like us out there, Kelsey. Yeah. We have met our, oh, she's man. like yeah. our match. Yeah. We didn't entire episode on that. that. Are you like, are you happily married? Or Rachel's how's about going? to leave her husband. Oh my God. I love this one. Are you happily Did you want me to move in? I can do that. I mean, I have three kids. I could use a break. I- Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Use a break. Hold on now. I didn't know that part. I got a toddler. We might need to stay separate, but we can talk on the phone. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. So so when we look even at calorie, you have to look at the quality of the calorie versus just that it's a calorie. Did you guys ever see the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion? Yes, yes, of course. Yes, oh, okay. Sometimes when I talk about movies and stuff, I date myself. I'm like, oh, you're too young for that? Cool. No, I'm just super old now. That's awesome. Um, so there's a there's a little clip in that movie where she's like, you look really good. She's like, yeah, I've just been eating, you know, like gummy worms and whatever all day for the past three weeks or something. Like it was literally just like sugar candy. She's like, oh, so admire your discipline or something. And that's how she, <laughs> quote, unquote, lost weight. I was like, oh, my God, she's eating just candy. Oh, yes. so, when, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. But this, these are the things that we're told or we grow up with or we think are fine. So when you're looking at restricting calories like that, quality of calorie matters the most first. Secondly, the, the amount of calorie. You do need more calories at certain times of the month versus others. And if you're not getting that, again, your body sees that as restricted, a, a, re, a restriction of some kind. So even if you're like, I'm eating 1800 calories, it's super clean, it's super healthy, great, but there's going to be at least a 10 days to, to 14 days of the month where you're going to need more calories. It's not a lot, but just a little bit more because your body needs that. And if you're not getting it, your body overall month after month will see it as a restriction and you'll start to, oh, my period's really off. Or why did I have such a bad cycle this month? Or, oh, my, I had clots or, you know, whatever. It's your body really trying to keep up because it's technically being restricted just a little bit, but over a longer period of time. Right. Because we know what cortisol can do, right, to your hormone levels if your body has perceived stress. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And any type of additional stressor that we put on our bodies, boom, fat storage just yes. kicks it right into gear. I just think that this is so, I mean, obviously so eye-opening and so insightful, but I also want to just mention the fact that these diets or these calorie restrictions or whatever that that are all not set up at all for women but it's funny, they're pushed to women the hardest. And then it's sort of this thing where when inevitably the willpower gives out, right? Because at a certain time of the month, you're hungrier and you go over your calorie restriction for that day because you literally just like, because you need it, because you need it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you are on an extremely restrictive diet that cuts out an entire food group for some reason. And then obviously, you know, at some time you decide you want a slice of bread and you're a failure. And this is what really, this is what really like grinds my, like I can't with these, with these restrictive diets, because not only are they not set up for us, but they're set up for us to fail. Mm -hmm. And then when we do, we are these unbelievably like we, we don't have any willpower and it's our fault and the diet didn't fail us. We failed the diet. And I just can't say enough to any woman listening that you are not the failure here. The system is the failure. It was set up and designed for you to fail. And instead of taking that blame and internalizing that and having all of these negative feelings about your willpower and your body and And yourself and yourself as a human being, you need to recognize that that system was never set up for you to win. And you need to not participate in a system that's not set up for you to win. Yes. I mean, unless you like losing all day, every day. The volleyball players no, that are talking to each other right now, we don't like to lose. <laughs> no. No, we don't. Losing's not an option. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's exactly what it is. We like, I hope a lot of people listening are having 
a ton of light bulbs go off right now. And then think back through your life, different things you did, different things you tried. The biggest thing that you can pay attention to is how you feel. When you go through a dietary change, you should feel better all the time. If you're not feeling better, it's not the right thing for you. It's, it's just not, yeah, it's not set up for you to be successful. And the diet industry, oh my God, targets women. It's marketing. Women are the biggest purchasers of health. We run the health of our families. We're the ones out there doing this. So everything is geared towards women. And this is also a really funny side note. I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this, but the whole industry and how things look and how people are perceived in magazines and all this other stuff is not real. It's yeah. not real. Everything Mm -hmm. is airbrushed. So my younger sister, she's three years younger than me. So I was an athlete and a jock and everything growing up. She was not. She just, nope. She was in choir and, you know, the play and all that stuff in school. And um, so after high school, she started modeling. So she is, you know, 5'10", just perfect model figure, right? Mm -hmm. And um, never, so funny, like never, I remember like trying to force her to like play softball with me in the yard and she'd like duck from the ball. I'd be like, come on, man, just put your arm out with the glove on it. Come on. Oh, so funny. So, but she's been a model for, oh my gosh, the past like 16 or 17 years, done a lot of different stuff, like hair stuff, runway. She's been in glamour and a bunch of big magazines. And, and my favorite was she was in shape magazine. And I remember calling her when I saw it and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You're holding weights. Have you ever held a weight in your life? And she's like, no, they had to tell me how to do it. What? I mean, she does a lot of yoga and like keeps herself in good physique shape, but we get this, the whole industry and how things are set up. So when you see a picture of a girl with a totally flat, tiny tummy, not realistic. You know what I mean? Like that girl had to starve herself, dehydrate herself to get that picture. Bodybuilding shows, all of that stuff. That's not how women's bodies actually look. No. And it's so funny. I actually did, uh, actually did a podcast with my sister once because I wanted to talk about this and how she's like, yeah, a lot of the pictures that are taken of me, I can't, I don't even look like that. I can't make myself look like that. That's lighting, that's shadows, that's makeup, and that's airbrushing. And they make your system, your body, your physique look a certain way that again is what we're marketed to, but it's not, not realistic. So. I can't tell you how much better that makes me feel. <laughs> like how much better that makes me feel personally, because we also have a fitness apparel company and a lot of the leggings and shorts or bras are, are just on me. Like we don't have a model that shows off any of the, the clothing. We just, we went the route of real people and athletes and none of our pictures are airbrushed or are done and nothing is done to them. And at the beginning, that was really, that shook me a little bit because I was like, I'm not, I was, I kept saying to our team, which is very small. I was like, guys, like, I'm not a model. Like I'm an athlete. Like I don't, I'm not going to not eat all weekend or something because I remember once you said, um, my abs don't show every day of the month. Yeah. I remember you said that. Yeah. I was like, it's not, and and people have this expectation because I I do have abs, but not at every, not at every second. Sometimes they're less visible. Sometimes I'm carrying more water weight or some weird thing. And I I know I've been like roasted on the internet for some one pictures, but uh, particularly like I was in a sports bra and the people were saying like, you guys tried to airbrush abs on this girl or something like that. And I was like, I'd been sitting down for a little while and I stood up. That's why I had that line there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, that's the route that we've really taken is that like we are athletes and we're just showing an athlete in our clothing, not an airbrush model, not someone who has been starving for sure. <laughs> oh no, you eat before yes. the photo shoot and after. No, I know. Yeah. I was honestly like the first couple times I'm like, oh my God, I'm the worst like model out here because can I we just, take a food break. Can we take another food break? But it's, you know, it's, it's just that, that has made me feel personally during this conversation so much better because real like and I and we're really like kind of like play like going the way of like we're gonna show real people and real athletes and we're gonna stick to that but that's not what the majority of women are seeing out there they're not seeing athletes 
No, they're not. They're absolutely not. That's the thing that I, I love to talk about. And my sister doesn't mind. Like, you know, she's my sister. I love her. All that stuff. She's, we're just, we're very different type of people. But she's the one who would talk to me about this stuff, about clothing fitting. Cause again, I'm, I'm a very tall person. I'm six two. So buying clothes for me is very hard. I have, <laughs> I get rashy and hives in a dressing room. I, you know, and she's like, she's like, you got to realize that she goes shopping with me because she literally talks me off the ledge every time. She's like, yeah, the the fit model for this is not as tall as you. She doesn't have femurs like you. Mm-hmm. So you're fine. Calm down, you know, and and just bring to light like this is this is not the thing. So for women who are listening, who are having us, they're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have abs every day of the week. Nope, that's totally normal. We have to sort of retrain our own brains on how we perceive these images even and what we expect of ourselves, our bodies, our performance all the time because we're so dynamic and different. And we're not shown that picture, right? We're, we're shown this picture of a really high unattainable expectation. And I think, you know, although it might be the anti-culture right now to have non-airbrushed, real, (laughs) non-models in photos, I actually think that with more women getting behind the camera and being in charge of the photo shoot, and just, I think that the culture is shifting. And I think that that will be the anti-culture at a certain point that people will not want to see an airbrushed picture of someone who is not a realistic person to them, I think that we're actually going to go in the other direction. And and I think it'll be a great thing for a lot of women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I love that you're an athlete and you do your own photos. That's Mm -hmm. so real. And more people need to know that. (laughs) Shout it from the rooftop. (laughs) louder for the people in back (laughs) so I do want to hit for a minute on um, fitness and nutrition after menopause because I do want to make sure we get some of that for those listeners how does this change our bodies yeah okay so most women don't care about menopause or anything until they actually go through it so I'm gonna I'll talk about menopause and then just briefly mention that if you're also on some type of birth control pill or some type of hormonal birth control that's also sort of making your system react like you're in menopause because it mutes your typical hormone. Even if you're like, oh, I have a placebo week and, you know, I have my period and I'm on the pill and blah. Nope, it's not a real period. It's not a real ple- period. It's like breakthrough bleeding. It's not a real period that you're having. So it's very, very different. And also being on hormonal birth control can decrease your performance by about 11%. So they've done studies on that. Yeah. Yeah. It can also make you be a Stepford wife because that's how I felt on it. (laughs) I had no emotions. I had no feelings. (laughs) It was just like a blank slate all the time. Hello. I liked that a little bit better. I'm going to be honest. I know it's hard (laughs) to have the big swings and and emotions, but it's it's so much more real though. You're just, I mean, I'm just much more of a crazy person now. Like it just changes so drastically. So what? Like crazy. I, was, is, I knew what to expect from day to day when I was on birth control. Boring. Now I'm like, boring. who am I going to be tomorrow? That's exciting. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's exciting. Oh, who's going to be there when I wake up? Me or me? <laughs> Gamble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. But the, the reason our, our hormones affect our brain and mood and everything so much is that hormones, the estrogens, progesterones, all that stuff passes through the blood-brain barrier. So it absolutely affects your brain chemistry and everything. Even if you are on a an IUD, if it's a hormonal IUD, that goes everywhere in your body. You know, so it gets into your bloodstream, so it passes through the blood-brain barrier. So for women who are like, oh my God, I felt like a crazy person on birth control. Yep because it, it affects your brain chemistry. Absolutely. Okay. Menopause stuff. Yeah. So birth control stuff, again, realize this, that your system's not going through that bigger, you know, muscle building phase. And so that's going to be a little bit different. Same thing then with menopause, you have all those hormonal levels that, that ebb and flow throughout the month. It gets diminished. A lot of women think, Oh, I don't have these hormones anymore. It's not that you don't have them at all, but just on a very small scale. So things that change, you get a completely new body when you're in menopause, completely new body, different nutritional needs. So for women, the biggest thing that I, I want to get across to women who are in perimenopause or menopause 
is that without that amount of estrogen, it becomes a lot harder to build protein or to build muscle from proteins and stuff, the same proteins that you're getting. So most women are like, oh my gosh, I didn't change what I was eating and I went through menopause and now I gained, you know, 10 pounds, but I didn't do anything different. What the heck? Nope. You have a new body now. It takes more protein to do the same job that protein used to do. So if you're not eating more proteins and they can be a lot of different types of proteins, it's just not going to be, your system can't build that muscle. It just can't. It's just, it needs more. So for a lot of women, they'll notice, oh my gosh, I went through menopause and I don't have the same energy. I'm gaining weight, but I feel squishier, right? I just, I feel squishy. I don't, ah, what the heck? So it is really important for women, especially as the body ages, to lift heavier, to really put that strain on your muscle tissue and your skeleton to maintain bone density. And then to get more protein in so that you can actually repair that muscle. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to change. I mean, I up protein for women in menopause at least by 20 to 30 grams a day just to start to make a change. Okay. So it's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. <laughs> no, it's, it's not just impossible. Different. Yeah. Yes. And it takes longer and it takes longer. So that's the other thing too, is that overall, again, for women, even if you still have a cycle, or you're on birth control or menopause or wherever you're at, the female body goes through such a different ebb and flow that for some, for like a man to, like if you and your husband start a diet together in the first 30 days, you know, in the first month of this diet, you know, you could have followed it a hundred percent. You didn't cheat once. He still had pizza and beer night with his buddies. You know, he didn't work out as much as you did. Yet at the end of the month, he's lost like 10 pounds and you've gained two. What the heck? It takes longer for our bodies to shift into a fat burning mode and to have that change in composition. Like men, they can like sneeze and fart and lose five pounds, like <laughs> right there. But for women, it, it takes a lot longer for our system. So I always talk to women about the hormonal cycle for your body takes 12 weeks. That's three months, 90 days. That's a full hormonal cycle for to upload and shift and change that. So if you're applying some type of health tip or something new, that's great. But if you want it to have a more lasting impact on your system, you've got to do it for at least 90 days. Then it's going to imprint on your body and your hormones in a completely different way and be more lasting for you. I love that. That's, I mean, because we do want, we want it yesterday. Yeah. We started working <laughs> yes. out and, mm -hmm. and eating well. And we want, why am I not at my aesthetic goals or my fitness goals yesterday? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really important to remember that, especially with women, like you said, that that there is a huge amount of cycling that goes on and in that patience really is needed to see if what you're doing is actually getting you on track with mm -hmm. your goals. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So just to give women just like a small, small insight into what your recommendations are, you start off your month on, on day one being your period. And then for the four, first 14 days, you recommend um, nutritionally cooling foods. Can you explain that? Yeah. 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 I can't believe we've gotten this far in the podcast and I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> okay. Talking about all the other important stuff. Oh yeah. So when I talk about nutrition for the hormones in the cycle, it really does match the estrogen versus progesterone phase. I know there's, you know, luteal follicular phases. No one knows those terms really. So I just stick with estrogen progesterone. It's more understandable for people, but it also matches your basal body temperature. So if you've tracked basal body temperature, you'll know that days one through 14, your basal body temperature is low. So the Eastern medicine, this is where that Eastern side comes in. And to match that and to work with those estrogens to help your body produce and maintain the correct amount of estrogen so your body's working well with all these other systems is to eat cooling foods, foods that have a cooling tone to them. Might sound, this is the weird part of it, but again, this is stuff you can like Google what are cooling foods. They're going to be foods like chicken, turkey, fish, more raw fruits and vegetables. Those are cooling for the body because um, your body's digestive system is working better. So it can break down the fibrous component of those raw veggies a little bit easier. Mint. If you have mint in your water, that's going to be very cooling. If you um, use certain spices in your food, rosemary, thyme, dill, I mean, not all together. This isn't, you know, <laughs> you can cook, mm -hmm. but uh, different foods like that. cilantro is cooling. So just kind of shifting what you're making. You know, these are regular foods that you have 
in your kitchen right now and, and just kind of changing when you're using them to align with your hormones. Then after you ovulate days 15 through 28, progesterone is higher, but so is your basal body temperature. So you just switch over into warming food. So beef, bacon, bison, venison, red meat. You know, this isn't, oh, I'm going to eat red meat all day, every day. It's, oh, I can incorporate this more during this time because it's warming for my body. It also has different iron levels, things like that. Adding organ meat at this time is also really good, especially for women in iron levels and just getting those different nutrients in that we need as we lead up to our period starting. Spices, spicy food, peppers, hot sauce, all that stuff is very warming. Cooking your fruits and vegetables, that's going to help as well. That adds a warming component. And then even, you know, things like ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, very, very warming that you can include in your, you know, baking or whatever. So the way I like, I'll just kind of go through a little rundown, things that I incorporate on a regular basis for warming versus cooling. I'll, I'll have a protein shake first thing in the morning. I use coffee and because coffee, because I have children and then <sighs> chocolate protein, right? I just, I can't, some people are like, oh, coffee is, you know, you should cut down your caffeine intake. I was like, okay, then you can take my children. And then, yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. Actually, I, I'd be happy. To do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's super duper. I'll never drink coffee again. (laughs) (laughs) I won't need it. It's so true, though. I didn't have coffee until I had my second kid. I I didn't even like coffee. Didn't even like it. My I had my second kid, and I was like, I can't function like a person. I need need the magic bean water. Give it to me. (laughs) So coffee, and then I'll use chocolate protein. And then, you know, some almond milk and stuff like that, a little bit of coconut oil, fun stuff in the morning. And then for my cooling phase, I'll actually add peppermint to it gives it that cooling tone. During the warming phase, days 15 through 28, I'll add cinnamon. So same thing, getting a lot of good nutrients. I'll add more coconut oil during that warming phase too, because that's when you need more of those dense nutrients in. So I'll add a little bit more coconut oil, a little bit more protein to it, because I protein paste and bump my proteins throughout the day. And then I add that cinnamon just for the flavoring and the warmth of it as well. So really just easy ways to incorporate this warming and cooling into your day um yeah to sustain it do you guys do you ever talk about seed cycling no we don't okay so seed cycling some people are familiar with that and uh it's you know days one through 14 it's having pumpkin and flax seed every day like a tablespoon of each and then days 15 through 28 it's sesame and sunflower again same thing tablespoon of each i'll put those right in my morning shake as well grind them put them in my morning shake super easy to do I've got, you know, a bunch of stuff on like my Instagram, like highlights or things that talk about seed cycling and how easy it is to do. But that's another little addition, again, that helps with estrogen production, progesterone production, and maintaining the correct amounts of that. That can help get rid of cramps. It can help get rid of breast tenderness. It can help get rid of PMS things that you're dealing with. It can help regulate your cycles. So that's the other really fun thing about adding this stuff in. It's, it's not hard to do. It's just being conscious of where you're at. And then adding these little things. So I like to add in seed cycling and talk about that. And then eating for your hormones in your cycle, the cooling and the warming phases really help set that pattern for yourself so that your system can function in that regular cycle all the time. Because, I mean, we've all had this happen where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm under so much stress. And your period is either late or you skip a period because of that stress, right? So, and then sometimes it can take a month or two for your for your body to get back on track. Well, if you're following hormones for your eating for your hormones, you know, seed cycling, eating more nutrients at different times, your body's going to always have this pattern. It's going to be more regulated. It's going to help with any other symptoms that you typically have, which is going to make your cycle a lot easier. And it's going to help your body build more muscle, have better performance and realize that, oh my gosh, I might need more extra rest time at this point because I'm just pushing my body too hard. And I'm, you know, what did you call it? Like your peanut butter? days yeah yeah it's just so insightful and it's you know I just I think that the key is it's not that these things are difficult it's just that the knowledge mm. is it, it's not common knowledge and so it's not that we don't want to do these things because they're too hard it's just that it's not I really wish I'm like thinking about this I'm like geez I really wish I had met you when I was having my fertility issues because of course western medicine pointed me right at progesterone Mm -hmm. and hormone imbalances with 
you know, just take this pill, which in turn caused me a lot of tragic heartbreak. So I want to just touch on this really, really quickly, because now as many more women are becoming more aware of hormone, how hormones work, how they can affect their life, you know, any woman who's had fertility issues or any woman who has just even heard that this can affect fat loss. We have a lot more women being diagnosed with thyroid issues, with endometriosis, with PCOS, like all these things. Is it your professional opinion that these things can be addressed with nutritional changes rather than medication? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So on those on those lines, that's actually what really got me started down this path was that I, so my kids are, they're 13, 11, and nine right now. And after I had my third, I was very, very stressed. I was, you know, I had just graduated from chiropractic school, started a clinic, all these things. I got pregnant. She was born two months early. So I had a preemie, a two-year-old, a four-year-old. I wasn't sleeping, working 60 to 70 hours a week. And I started getting ovarian cysts. I'd never had a cyst before, but every, every month I would get a cyst, it would burst and it would be so painful. It would put me on the floor. I mean, for anybody who's had a cyst burst, you know how awful it is. Like you want to vomit and you're sweating because you can't, it's just so much pain. Like I had, I had C-sections and everything for birth and the cysts bursting were more painful than giving birth to my kids so it, it's something that I struggled with myself and this is what I actually started the eastern medicine stuff for the fertility the cycle issues I dove into this research and I started doing this because I started applying it on myself first and I really because I went my husband got worried one time he was like oh my god you're dying I was like I'm not dying it's just a cyst I'm fine Ugh whatever. And the ER doc was like, well, here's your Vicodin. Here's your birth control. See you later. And I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to spend my life doped up. Like what? And I don't like the, I get side effects on the pill too. Like a lot of women. And I, my husband had a vasectomy. So we were like good there. Right. And I just didn't want to, I was like, Can, are there other options? What else do you have for me? He was like, that's it. That's what, if you're not going to do this, then I can't help you. That was his answer to me. So I really started diving into, you know, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, which is such a fascinating healing art. And this is where I started putting these things together, applying it for myself. And this is how I started with myself. Now, I'll be totally honest. My cysts did not go away after a week, right? It it took me a few months. But after I started eating for my hormones and my cycle, incorporating all these things to balance my body naturally, this is what I did. I used food. I used food, did a hormone reset, all this stuff. And I haven't had a cyst since. And I struggled with, it was over a year and a half that I had cysts every single month. So it's been, well, she's nine now. She'll be 10 years or nine. Yeah. So eight years now. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we always say like one of my favorite quotes is like food is the most powerful form of medicine or it's the slowest form of poison. Mm-hmm. So, you yes. know, that- <gasps> That's that really speaks to and it's a longer road sometimes with it definitely is a longer road. I mean, the biggest struggle I feel sometimes through the podcast or talking to the women that we speak to every day in our Facebook group is just that trying to keep them hanging on after they don't see what they want to see in three weeks or four weeks or and just saying to them like this is this is going to take a little bit longer but I can promise you it's going to be so so worth it and I just these these diets or quick fixes they have that edge on us where they can see more of a result in that two or three week period they'll have you coming back in the same place in three months but the they but get we won't to, talk about that we won't talk about that but that you'll be <laughs> come a year later and you will have gained the weight back that you lost or and then some statistically 95 percent of yeah <laughs> but mm-hmm. the, just getting them to hang on and put these habits in place that can make a massive change in your life, but are going to take some time. Yes. Yeah. So when we, when we talk about that, the time it takes and the hormonal phase and cycle and things like that, and if you have four different bodies throughout the month, it takes you multiple rounds of going through each body to heal it in each phase using that food. So that's kind of the thing that I, that I mentioned to the women that I work with. It's like, you know what? Like you're doing really good. And just remember that the work you're doing this week You'll have to wait, you know, next month to continue with this body because next week we're going to shift and change things and work with that body that you're in then. So it really is 
you know, working with your different physiology and allowing that time to, to happen. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. One last question. We'll wrap up. Is there anything else that we should know? What do you want every woman on earth who's been struggling with health or fat loss to know right now? I know that's a heavy question. <laughs> <laughs> Just though, what do you, what do you want to know? All the things. All the things. All, the things. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. <laughs> I, uh, so I feel like women, when you're in tune with your body and you listen and y you can, you know, when you're feeling good and, and things are in the right direction, right? I feel like we get talked out of what we naturally feel ourselves and that you do have to be your own advocate for your own health. You have to be your own advocate. You have to learn more because again, the system is not set up for us to be successful. Like you mentioned, 95% of women fail on diets and that's a hundred percent true. You know, women start on average four different diets a year, not because we just love going on another diet. It's because the last one didn't work. It's not set up for us to be successful. So you do have to be your own advocate. You do have to research. And then one of the most important things is to start tracking, track your, your hormones, track your cycle, track your mood, track your food, track your everything. It's a pain in the ass to do, but it's going to give you such an accurate picture of what's happening week to week throughout the month so that as you're looking at, you know, adding in something different or shifting your nutrition or even a supplement or whatever it is that you know, okay, this is going to be helpful for me because this is what's been happening, right? I can't tell you how many times I chat with women or I get messages from women like all over the world every day. And they're like, oh, my friend told me to take this. I'm like, why? Are you having hot flashes? Well, no, she just said it would help with my hormones. I was like, oh, man, that's for, that's really for flashes. And you're yeah. 26. So I don't know. You're <laughs> you know what? I just, I honestly love that. Like, I love that so much that just to be your own advocate and just empower yourself yeah. and get more in touch with how you're feeling, what your body is doing right now and really trust that because I think that's been, that's been a long road for me now, but a lot of people always ask like, what do you eat? What do you eat? And I'm like, well, what today is it? Yeah. <laughs> how am I feeling yeah. that day? What's my training session look like? And it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's become really hard to say like, no, no, this works for my body right now. Yeah. I know this is the new hot thing and this is going to uh, maximize performance or whatever it is, but this is how my body feels right now. And this is what I need today. You got to own it. It's yeah. ownership mm -hmm. and it's hard to get that yeah. confidence if you don't feel knowledgeable on the subject. And I think a lot of women don't feel knowledgeable on the subject. They don't know. And they don't trust themselves. And they don't trust themselves because yeah. they mm -hmm. haven't been successful. Because the scale moved. Right. <laughs> because they trust the scale more yes. than they actually trust how they're feeling. That yes. makes me mad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Totally. And, and a lot of the stuff that we're following is like that same meal guide, the same recommendation or whatever that was handed to us from somebody that research was done on a, on a guy created by men. It was made for men. And then, so you're told, oh, well, if it's not working for you, you must be doing something wrong. That's where all this self doubt comes from. So you, you really have to start from scratch and make sure you're looking at stuff that's really made for the female body. Yeah. Shift that mindset to, we always say it's such a mind game. You have to shift, shift the mindset to confidence and say yeah. like, you know what? I'm armed with knowledge. I'm confident in what I know and who I am. And I'm not going to be swayed by what Susan's doing or what the next diet phase is or trend is. And I know who I am and I know what I need and just really owning that mindset and that confidence. Dr. Beth, where can our listeners hear more from you? Where can they um, find more information on the amazing stuff that you are working on? Yeah. So I am all over the interwebs on um, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Instagram is Dr. Beth Westy. Westy is spelled W-E-S-T-I-E. -E, like the dog, you know, little Westy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Dr. Beth Westy. My website is drbethwesty.com. YouTube channel is Dr. Beth Westy. So if you're looking for something, I do videos like every other day and I have for a few years. So if you're looking for something on like endometriosis specifically, I have a video on it. If for some reason you're looking for a video on something and I don't have it, send me a message and I'll make one. And then my podcast is called The Female Health Solution, uh, where I talk about a lot more of this there. 
And then, oh, and I have a, a free gift for your listeners, Ooh. which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if I haven't sent you guys the link for it, I will make sure my assistant does that. Um, but what I, what I want to give your listeners is it's a free cookbook. So it's a recipes for your cycle cookbook. So breakfast, lunches, dinners, snacks, all of it. If you're like, Oh, I'm on day 22. Boom. You go to that phase, that part of the cookbook. And there's a ton of recipes that you can use healthy, easy to make family friendly recipes that are incorporating those foods for that time of the month. Amazing. Yeah. So how can, um, how can our girls access that? Because I think that's going to be a great resource. Yes. So I have that. There's a link on my website somewhere, but I'll send you guys a link. So if you want to put it in the show notes, it can go in the show notes below. Yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough, Dr. Beth. You have been so incredibly amazing. And um, personally, my mind has been blown like three times. I mean, there's just everyone's going to need to listen to this one again. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so many things that I I just learned today. And and it's just it's really insightful. And as we said, like knowledge is the most important thing you can arm yourself with. So we just want to thank you for arming our listeners with more knowledge about their body and how they can maximize it and really work with it. And so we just really want to thank you for being on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was super, super fun. I just, I, I love you guys' message and everything. So I really appreciate it. Same seas. Same seas. <laughs> All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week and crush the gym. And don't forget to go to Dr. Best's website and download your free cookbook. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.